you never really know uh, where your journey is going to lead if you're following your heart and you, if you just kind of like leave it open to the universe and you just know that this is the right path and you're going to figure it out along the way. That's what makes us up, you know, like we're, we're not the elites, like that we are in the 99% and we are, you know, we're the peasants here. We are the peasants and like, we are yeah. being treated as such. And it just kind of really pisses me off because this is not how we're supposed to live. This is not how we're supposed to live as humans. One of the things that I've come to realize, like, so science has convinced us, like seeing is believing, seeing is believing, but um, spirituality believing is seeing like you have to like believe in this stuff you have to you have to surrender your heart over to the fact that there is a, a god there is some a source of positive light and energy that connects us all and we do have a purpose here on earth and uh, once you surrender over to that then like it all just starts falling into place and so mm. sometimes seeing is believing but sometimes believing is seeing we are spiritual beings living an earthly existence. We are spiritual beings living a human existence. And we are connected to a source of love and light and energy and spirituality, whether or not we accept that or not, whether or not we believe that, like it's true. And it's always, you know, that, that source of energy is always guiding us back to that source of energy because we, mm. it, it, to be connected to that source is to be connected to God, is to be connected to your purpose on this here on this earth, is to be connected to yourself. Who are you and why are you here? Are we gonna live life in fear or are we gonna stand up and make sure we're heard? gonna hide or live life by our word with integrity we can be all that we can see in our mind's eye until we're finally free we can become whatever we choose once we know the choice lies within me and you now's the time to wake up no time for playing small with a painful history and an uncertain future now is the time to evolve Testing, testing, volume check, mic check. Hello, and welcome to the Unapologetically Human podcast with Dan Boyvin. In today's episode, I feature a conversation with Missy Morris. Missy has her bachelor's degree in psychology, master's degree in applied behavioral analysis, and is a national board certified behavioral analyst who has been working with autistic patients for almost 12 years. We recorded this episode April 29th, so it's been a little while now. And there's been some things that have happened since then and some things that I would like to sort of touch upon or speak to in regard to some of the things that we discussed that I would just like to comment on as I had some thoughts when I was editing the episode. 
Hmm. Where to start, though? I, as per usual, I make uh, I make a lot of notes when I'm editing the the episode. Things we talked about, things I'd like to include in the show notes, things like that, and. I have a lot of notes. There's a lot of different things that I have on my mind that I'd like to speak to that I don't exactly know how to go about doing that. But I initially came across Missy and her work because shortly before I got her to come on my podcast for this conversation... She had started a podcast of her own called Just Saying It with Missy Morris. And in her first episode, she talks about her experience growing up and her connections to the LGBT community, formerly LGB community. And she has a discussion or she talks about a lot of the things going on and a lot of things going wrong with gender ideology and so-called gender affirmative care, particularly its relation to the indoctrination of children into an ideology that can and will and has led to life-changing detrimental effects. And personally, I've had a great interest in these topics and have been researching them extensively for probably the last year or two now. And speaking out myself about a lot of the detrimental things that are going on with that. And so I thought it would be interesting to bring her on to my podcast for a conversation. And at the time that we recorded this episode, Missy had released four episodes of her podcast. The other ones being about her health journey, about some experiences that she's had with psychedelics and her connection with God and the universe and following her divine path, finding joy, peace, and purpose in life. And because she has worked with autistic patients for over a decade, She also has an episode about vaccines and autism, something that we speak a little bit about in this episode, but she goes into great detail on her own podcast. And something that I asked her about in our conversation was, you know, how has she been able to and what has her journey been like kind of pushing through the fear and the potential social and professional 
repercussions or consequences of speaking openly about the things that she speaks about. And she had mentioned that, well, her, she's a supervisor at an autism center in Maui and her, um, her boss, the guy that owns the center has an autistic kid and, um, shares a lot of beliefs that, that she shares and that she talks about. And so she feels like for her to, you know, be herself and speak about the things that she believes and that she cares about, she's not going to have her, her life and her career destroyed. And she actually has her boss on her podcast. Um, the, the next episode that, that she released having a long conversation about, his experience because I think his son is is I think quite severely autistic and so they're interesting conversations now of course I am not a doctor I am not a medical professional and one of the things that I wanted to just touch upon is that sometimes when I'm having a conversation with somebody I may not agree with or believe everything that they believe but in the moment in the conversation I may not push back or or maybe challenge or or ask questions that some people might want to know or that I might think about afterward when I'm editing you know like you know thinking about back on a conversation where you're like oh I should have said that or I should have asked that and one of the reasons that I um this has crossed my mind is that's a criticism that I've actually heard levied at Joe Rogan before where some of the conversations that he has with people, he just lets them talk and he just kind of nods and agrees and, and, and doesn't really challenge them. And sometimes we do that because we, we aren't in the um, position to do so. Like you don't have the knowledge or you don't, know the questions to ask maybe if you're not a medical professional and another reason that I bring this up is that in particular when we're talking about the debate about whether or not there is a connection between vaccines and autism this is something that Missy has stated quite explicitly in her own podcast her conversation with her boss we touch upon it a little bit in here that there is a causal link between vaccines and autism and something that happened more recently that is related to this topic and also related to Joe Rogan is that he recently had on his podcast the Democratic presidential hopeful Robert F. Kennedy Jr. who has for a long time been a vocal critic of vaccines and talked about a link between vaccines and autism. And the episode was really interesting to say the least, but it caused, you know, quite a, quite a controversy and quite a media storm because there was a guy named Peter Hotez, who is another guest that Joe Rogan has spoke with on his podcast before, who 
said on Twitter something to the effect of, you know, Spotify is not even trying at all to, um, to censor or to challenge vaccine misinformation, so-called vaccine misinformation from Joe Rogan or from his guests. And it ended up turning into this big thing because Joe essentially offered to him and, and Peter Hotez, as far as I remember, is also, I think, a Nobel Prize winning, like a vaccinologist or, or something. I think he was um, awarded for research on the development of MN, uh, of MNRA vaccines or something like that. So, you know, somebody who has some expertise in the in the area which, in fairness, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. doesn't. Like, he's not a scientist. He's not an epidemiologist. He's not an expert on vaccines. But he's, a, he's an environmental lawyer. And in his litigations against corporations and governments over the course of his career... He has stated that he's, you know, in order to litigate a case, he's had to be very familiar with being able to read scientific papers and to lean upon the research in order to build his case and challenge the case of of the defendants um, that, you know, are being sued for environmental issues or whatnot or corporate corruption, whatever it might be, stuff they talk about a lot. But Joe ended up saying to this Peter Hotez guy, well, if this is all misinformation, you're saying this is misinformation, but he... Conflicts of interest and all... Those who say there is no link between vaccines and autism and those who say the science is settled that they like won't debate about it. Joe offered him a hundred thousand dollars to come on his podcast with no time limit to have a debate about this issue with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And then all these people piled on and offered more money and more money and more money, a whole bunch of different people to see this debate take place and it got up to like one or 2.5 million dollars or something like that 1.5 or 2.5 million dollars or something like that. peter hotez refused the offer he offered it you know to whatever charity of his choice and you would think that if this is the you know so-called expert who is claiming that the person who's not an expert is spreading misinformation and he has the opportunity to get literally millions of dollars for great cause charities of his choice. This person would take up the opportunity to go on to a platform that has tens of millions of listeners he could by going on some sort of legacy you know quote unquote mainstream media outlet but he didn't want to
it's just kind of a shame. It's like some people say that this debate is has been done, it's been had, it's been it's over, the science is settled. And yet this still remains big and confusing issue for a new and thorough debate and discussion on on this topic and many commentators also said it you know even if it's not peter hotez and it's not robert f kennedy jr it could be someone else who has the scientific credentials to be you know having the debate having the discussion providing the evidence for their position that there is no link between vaccines and autism and then whether it's Robert F. Kennedy Jr. with someone else or just someone else who has the scientific credentials more than Robert F. Kennedy Kennedy Jr. to be bringing up some of the points that he's bringing up with studies he references like so many so many issues and so many studies in this conversation with Joe Rogan and Joe just lets him outline the sort of like the entire his entire knowledge base about this whole thing which no other outlet would like he he lets him speak for like 40 minutes straight without interrupting him and he just goes on this long story of you know why he started looking into this He just goes into this long story about why he started looking into this in the first place and his journey over his career speaking and writing about these things. And it's a really interesting conversation and he brings up a lot of important topics, important questions, and things that there's a hunger, a clear hunger amongst many people to have open discussion and debate about these issues rather than seeing them just be shut down, especially by the people that are supposed to be the experts that have the that say they have the evidence on their side. <sighs> but yeah, it it's a really interesting topic of conversation because this is something I found myself when I was younger and started to learn about that there was this public debate ongoing and still ongoing that the so-called science is settled that there is no link between vaccines and autism, but there are tons of people that don't believe that. They believe there's evidence that contradicts that. And it really just is, like, especially these days, so many things, so confusing. It's so hard to know what to believe. It's so can be so challenging to know who to believe, what to believe, where to get reliable information from. And I found myself doing a bit of a, a deep dive into this specific topic again when I was doing my show notes because 
There's another another podcast that I really like that had Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on shortly after this Joe Rogan conversation. And it was Barry Weiss's podcast from the Free Press called Honestly. And she's a, an amazing reporter, asks really great questions, really great conversation, interviewer, pushes back on Robert in, in their interview. And her media outlet, the Free Press, they actually have an article written by Dr. Vinay Prasad, who is a hematologist, oncologist, and a professor of epidemiology and biostatistics, write an article about what Robert F. Kennedy gets right and what he gets wrong. And they talk about the death of the trust in our institutions, the colossal failures of the lockdowns, the abuses of power that provided zero public health benefit, and that the vast majority of those who put these failed and harmful policies in place have still yet to apologize. He talks about how he got that right. He got right that there, especially the last few years, almost everything about the pandemic, there was a suppression of accurate information. There was censorship of anyone and anything that was counter to the official narratives. People were canceled. People were deplatformed. People were fired for talking about so many things that ended up being true. Like even the questioning the origin of COVID-19 saying that, you know, maybe it came from the Wuhan lab of virology. That's right there. That Fauci and the CDC funded through the EcoHealth Alliance after gain-of-function research was banned in the U.S. They funded this research outside and the Wuhan Institute of Virology picked that research up. But to question that was censored. People were called racist for, for saying that that's a possibility. And it's turned out that that's almost undeniably the case now. Right. And so there's all of these things that are sort of intertwined with a lot of the issues going on in our society, particularly I wanted to speak to that controversy and this issue because Missy and I talk a bit about vaccines and autism or she, she comments on it. I listen to her podcast. She talks about it very openly, what she believes about this. Her boss agrees. They talk about it. And then you have people like this Dr. Vinay Prasad, who in his article for the Free Press, he says that that's one of the things that link between vaccines and autism is one of the things that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. gets wrong. But that there are other things that he talked about in that conversation that he's right about. And people know this. And this is part of the controversy. Things like 
the regulatory capture of agencies by the very corporations that they're supposed to protect us from, such as big pharma and industry interference over drug approvals at the FDA. And there's a lot of other um, conflicts of interest in other industries in similar ways where there's this revolving door between industry and the regulatory agencies that are supposed to regulate those industries and that the systems and these perverse incentives that we have in place in our society have made this kind of obvious corruption just totally normalized. And so it's understandable that People don't trust the institutions. People don't trust the experts. And there's just so many different examples throughout history of governments and corporations and people doing things that are just so utterly corrupt and evil that to dismiss people's concerns about the ways in which these things are showing up in our society today is something that we should all really be aware of and quite concerned about because, you know, in, in reading about this and trying to think about what it is that I want to talk about kind of in the lead up to, to this conversation I'm reminded of times in the past where people have done unthinkable unspeakable things like the Tuskegee experiments where in the US they lied to people with syphilis and told them that they were doing a study and treating them but the actual study was to see the effects of untreated syphilis. So they didn't treat them when they could have, but they just let them slowly die so they could view the effects of what happened with that. And that was only a few hundred people, but there are truly horrific accounts of things like this of horrific human experimentation stuff like what happened in Nazi Germany and there's something that I've come across called unit 731 which I advise caution in looking into because when you learn about the true depths of depraved things that humans do it can really shake up your entire world and your outlook on humanity in certain ways because unit 731 for instance was hundreds of thousands of people that were experimented on and tortured but to understand these kinds of things that humans are capable of, I think is important because 
we seem to have been led to believe that we've come to some sort of like a time in which we live that is beyond history that like history happened in the past and that was fucked up shit that happened but we've evolved and we live in this modern society now and people are better and smarter and we would never do anything like that and it's just it's an illusion and I've been really reading a lot and listening to a lot of conversations with experts, audiobooks about these kinds of things for quite some time now because I see these things that have happened in the past. It's like you can't understand the present if you don't have a historical context of how these things have happened in the past and that they have happened and that when we start to repeat the same patterns, we should all be very concerned and really do everything that we can to make sure that we don't blindly head down the same paths, right? And it can be hard to to think about this stuff. It can be really challenging to learn about this stuff. Like I listened to Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning on audiobook a few months ago and I had to take a break. You know, I listened to a bit of it. Talks in great detail about the horrors of concentration camps in Nazi Germany and it can be tough. And I had to take a break, but eventually I listened to the rest of it. And more recently, I've been listening to the audiobook of the Gulag Archipelago about the gulags, which are concentration camps in Soviet Russia during communism. And that one I have listened to a bit and taken a break for a while and listened to a bit and taken a break for a while because it's honestly the most horrifying thing I've ever come across in my entire life. I've explained it to, to a couple friends that just listening to this is like constantly being punched in the stomach and in the brain because it is just horrifying to think about that this stuff actually happened to people and that people actually did this to other people. And this wasn't long ago, you know, like the Tuskegee experiments, when what happened was exposed and found out and people sued the government and whoever did these experiments and they settled out of court and the perpetrators of this, agreed to pay for the lifelong medical expenses of everybody involved. Cause not only people involved in the experiments, but some wives and children of people that were part of the experiments were affected and infected with, with syphilis. And apparently the last person 
that was a part of that, that had lifelong medical issues that had to be paid for by those that did this, they just died in 2009. Like, and, and you know, the things that happened in Nazi Germany and communist Russia, communist China, like these things were last century. There are people alive today still that experience these horrifying things. And just like when those things happened, society is prone to go through events that cause or a sequence of events and circumstances that cause the entire society to become pathological and to get sucked into a mass psychosis. And there is a lot of research and a lot of books to understand how this happens and what happens. People like Matthias Desmet, Hannah Arndt, that have deeply researched the psychology of authoritarianism, totalitarianism, and these mass psychosis events that societies go through, I truly believe that there is ample evidence to show that we are going through something similar right now because of so many things that have been going on over the course of the last several decades in particular. It's only been accelerated by the pandemic and by the things that we've seen happen in recent years. And we would do well to understand what those things are and to do our best to speak out against them. And yeah, there's, oh, there's so many, so many notes I have, so many things I would like to, to discuss, but this is obviously, I, I try to make my intros fairly quick to get into the conversation especially when it's a bit of a long conversation but you know this stuff is important it's important to think about and it's important to talk about and so the conversation with Missy we for about the first half of the conversation like we we talk about that you know like we have been humanity has been engaged in these cyclical stories of good versus evil since the beginning of time and the corruption that we see and that we talk about that's going on in our society today especially in the last few years is corruption at the level of what can only be accurately described as evil and that we literally need to invoke 
biblical language and concepts in order to understand the the depth of these issues with what's happening now and good versus evil, these things that humanity has been wrestling with since the beginning of time, we aren't beyond that. The world that we have grown up in in the last several decades has been the exception. The peace and the stability that we have experienced for the length of time that we've experienced it has been the exception, not the rule. The rule throughout history is that the world is actually a much, much more dangerous and chaotic place than we have come to understand and take for granted. So this one's a bit heavy and it is a bit dark and we just kind of riff with each other a bit talking about that stuff. But then we do also get into talking about the spiritual nature of our reality and this existence and the beauty of it and connecting with our purpose and with God and with the, the source of creation in the universe, whatever you might believe that is. And we talk about things like the scientific research on the paranormal and the spiritual and the journey of self-love and coming to choose oneself, to love oneself, to set boundaries and to stand up for what we think is important and what we believe in despite the challenges and the possible repercussions that come along with that. It's to do what we believe is right and necessary, especially in the face of the things that are happening in society right now, the things that we're up against. We talk about how important it is to be authentic and to use your voice and that Ultimately, that's how you find your people. And so I know that that's what I'm trying to do. And some of my people are listening to this right now. For those that know me and that I know, thank you for listening. And for everybody tuning in, thank you for being here as always. And Missy, if you're listening, thank you for this conversation. And I hope you enjoy revisiting it. And I hope you all enjoy my conversation with Missy Morris. Oh, yeah. And if you like what I'm creating here, please support the show in any way you can. Like, share, leave a review wherever you listen. And you can become a supporter on Patreon or you can buy me a coffee. Links are in the show notes. Anything helps and helps me to be able to produce more episodes. Enjoy. Oh, I think she's coming back. Shit's about to go down. All right, here we go. Missy has entered the waiting room. 
All right. It says you. I don't know if you can see me. It says you're connecting to audio still. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh yeah, there you are. Cool. Hello. Hello. All right. Here we are. Welcome. Thank you. Nice to be face to face. How's it going? <laughs> good. Good. Well, thank you so much for coming on and uh, agreeing to chat with me. I, I've listened to all of your podcast episodes. I'm really enjoying the show, enjoying your perspectives and what you have to say. Cool. And uh, so, Missy Morris, welcome to the Unapologetically Human podcast with me, Dan Boyvin. And as you you mentioned, you had listened to a couple of my episodes. You've probably heard me say this is a podcast very much about my trying to understand myself, other people, and this crazy world that we're living in, which is getting exponentially more and more crazy. Um, yes. So, so to start off, uh, typically I've been sort of just getting people to tell me a little bit about themselves and their background, but I did take a little bit of notes down from your podcast. So I'll, uh, I'll share a little bit of an introduction and then you can kind of add anything that you want to. Does that sound right? Yeah, cool. Sounds great. Okay. So Missy has her bachelor's degree in psychology and has got a master's degree in applied behavioral analysis and is a national board certified behavioral analyst. And you've been working with autistic patients for the last decade or so. Is that correct? Um, yeah, it'll be 12 years in August. Okay, right on. Yeah. And and you're now a supervisor at an autism center in lovely Maui. Yeah. And um, is it is the greeting in Maui, Maui is mihalo? Is that right? Uh, it's aloha. Aloha. Uh, what What is so, mihalo? Where is that coming uh, from? Mahalo means thank you. But is that like in Hawaii as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mahalo okay. is a Hawaiian word. Yeah. So it's yeah. like a, so it's it's just, like it's a, a... <laughs> it just means thank you. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. All right. And um yeah, so you had mentioned in uh in your intro and in in some of the episodes, particularly the 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 third episode about your psychedelic experience and connecting with God and the universe that you have, you know there's something outside of you calling you to share your voice and mm -hmm. to start your podcast. And you also had mentioned, you know, that in doing that, in following your divine path, that has also led you to Maui. Jealous. It's been uh, very rainy here the past few days. I'm like, ugh, it's gross here. <laughs> yeah, you're in Toronto. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's so cold. But yeah, like you, you had said, uh, you know, that you have refused to make any compromises to your moral character and sharing your voice and sharing your thoughts on the topics that you've been discussing. And it really shows in the uh, the things that you speak about and the way that you speak about them. So, yeah, I guess that's, uh, you know, quick introduction to you, add anything that you want to, and just tell us a little bit about the journey of starting your podcast and following that that voice yeah. to yeah so I will let's see yeah that's pretty accurate um I it's interesting now that I'm here on Maui and I've been here it'll be two years this summer and just like seeing how things are unfolding and 
you know, you never really know uh, where your journey is going to lead if you're following your heart and you, if you just kind of like leave it open to the universe and you just know that this is the right path and you're going to figure it out along the way. Um, but I see, yeah, I started working with kids with autism when I was 18 and I graduated from college with my bachelor's actually when I was 19 and then continued on and worked for a long time until I got my master's and then started being a supervisor. And so I do still work direct with kids with autism and other disabilities, but um, I'm primarily supervising. And my journey to Maui started because of my job, interestingly enough, um, and also the ocean. <laughs> um, but it was, I when I started I had visited Maui for the, or I had visited Hawaii, um, the island of Kauai for the first time when I was uh, 22 with my best friend and her family. And I remember us daydreaming one day, like, oh, wouldn't it be so fun to live on Hawaii and be island girls? And it was like such a pipe dream. <laughs> but, yeah. um, and then fast forward like five years later, and I started going to school to get my master's degree and knew I could the position that I would hold would allow me to pretty much move anywhere within the country and mm -hmm. find a job right away that had a high paying salary. And so, nice. um, I just thought about it and thought about it. And the only place in the whole country that sounded awesome was Hawaii. It's <laughs> so like, I, I knew I want to live near the ocean. I didn't want to live on the South. I didn't want to live on the West coast. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, fuck it, I'm going to move to Hawaii. And I thought about which island I wanted to go to, and I'd actually never even been to Maui before, but knowing what I knew about all the islands, it's like, well, Maui seems like the best of all of them, so I'm just going to go there, and um, yeah, after I got here, I started pretty much, it's very interesting once you get out here, because people say it all the time, and you don't really realize it until you're actually living it, but like the island really does um, either if the island like confronts you with everything that you need to heal and it's very mm. quick you know and a lot of people either uh embrace that or they flee or they feel rejected from the island so it's like it, it confronts you with what you need to heal and if you don't do that then you're not going to be embraced by the island and you probably won't stay here very long but if you do dive deep into that and you do dive deep into the community and um just connecting to the land and connecting to the people here, you are very embraced and very loved and very welcomed. And so that's what I felt right away. And I started feeling like I just needed to heal myself. There were so many things that I needed to heal from. And the biggest one was like learning how to love myself fully, diving into mm -hmm. this really deep journey of self-love. And that was really the start of my spiritual awakening, because if I hadn't learned how to love myself then it wouldn't I wouldn't have been following my heart I wouldn't have been following my intuition I wouldn't it wouldn't have led me to so many other things that eventually led me to like my great spiritual awakening which I talked about in the episode mm. so um yeah it's been it's been a very interesting very beautiful journey and I've also um <clears throat> started where you know I when I first got out here I had a different job and I wasn't really resonating with me very well I was um, I was working on big Island a lot actually. So I was like off Maui, like 10 days a month, constantly yeah. gone. And it was just too much travel. And like, I'm like brand new on the Island and I'm never here. And it was really hard to get settled in. So I decided to leave that job and start a new job. And the 
the company that I work for now was one that I was kind of wanting to work for for a while mm-hmm. um, or had my eye on. And then when it came time for me to start applying, I was just going to like call places up like, hey, are you guys hiring BCBAs? Because most mm-hmm. places are in need. And but when I and I had kept my eye on this company and then when it came time for me to want to start applying to places, they actually had an ad up. And so oh, nice. I, I replied to the ad and I got the job right away. And it's been interesting to see how things unfold because this company that I'm working for now really aligns with um, my journey moving forward in autism and what I'm, you know, wanting to accomplish. And I've learned a lot from working with them and some of our um, kids and adults that we service there, learned a lot from them. And just things are slowly moving towards what I believe like my true purpose is and mm. which is just to like, yeah, share my voice. Um, oh, and to your other point, the podcast stuff. I, okay. So like you, like many people, especially many people our age, because I've, I, I don't know. How old are you, Dan? I'm 36. Okay. Okay. So you're not too much older than me. I'm going to turn 30 this summer. Um, and so Yeah, it's like our generation is so interesting because I feel like we were kind of like the last generation to truly grow up without technology. And then like it came about while we were growing up. So we Mm. firsthand got to see like how we were personally affected by technology, how our friends were, how all like how everyone's lives have changed uh, compared to like maybe our parents' lives were much different than like our lives at the same age. And um so yeah, like 2020 changed a lot of things. I was skeptical of a lot of stuff before that, but it really kind of lifted the veil on so many things. Yeah. And I remember thinking for like a couple of years, like, oh my gosh, we got to like come together, you know, like we got to, the people that are like awakened, we got to come together. Somebody's got to bring us together, you know, as a community, like we've got to fight back against like the crazies that are so <laughs> brainwashed and not tuned into what's going on and like I can't I came to realize like I can't rely on those people because yeah. they they turned on me they turned on me and people like me they wished death upon me they um is this just know, like people in your life who disagreed with things you were talking about or sharing over the well, course of I mean, like the pandemic just, and like everything the pandemic that's happened in general yeah like I yeah. like they didn't even like I didn't I didn't really even talk to anybody about the pandemic when it was going on except people that um like a very select few people because I had a different opinion than everybody else and mm. I wasn't really trying to like get ostracized from my people that I you know knew and love but I realized like a lot of people that I thought uh I could potentially rely on, I couldn't anymore. And so I couldn't quite trust them because they were more willing to obey the authorities and like look out for the people in their real lives. Yeah. Which is kind of how normal, you know, quote unquote, normal people tend to be is we're much more prone because of the social, you know, repercussions, potentially the peer pressure to be ostracized, where we just naturally are more prone to silencing ourselves, even silencing the things we actually believe. But then also at another level, which we saw with a lot of people, probably a lot of the ones that you're talking about, that 
they're much more prone to just sort of blindly comply and blindly follow the direction obey what the government is saying believe the clear what what some of us see as clearly untrue propaganda with a agenda behind it and whatnot and yeah so I guess um sorry to cut you off but uh, I guess tell me tell me a little bit more about about what that was like for you because you clearly have got from sort of this place that you were explaining that you were where you didn't want to get ostracized and kind of were silencing yourself and I'm like fuck the vaccines (laughs) yeah 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 we'll we'll probably touch on that a little bit um so yeah tell me tell me a little bit about what that was like to get from kind of where you were to where you are now because we all, you know, I have my own story and experiences yeah, yeah. with this of going through that, you know, that change and growth and what was driving you to be true to yourself. And like you said, like choose yourself and to get through the the challenges of these, like these fears of ostracization or, you know, people being afraid to speak out and say what they actually think because they're afraid not only to like possibly damage relationships or lose friends or damage relationships with family members but also you know it's like I have a lot of friends that are afraid to say what they actually think about what some of this crazy shit that's going on because they're like if I were to say this or that that I would like to I'll lose my job like there's just so much insane shit right so um so tell me a bit about that Okay, so yeah, so how I got from where I was around 2020 to where I am now, um, well, I will say that when everything started happening with the pandemic, um, I was living in Idaho. So Idaho was one of the states that was very, very laxed on the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And maybe I was technically, actually, I was technically living in Washington. It was interesting because I was living in Washington, but working in Idaho. So I lived just right on I worked in a border city and like lived on a border city yeah and Washington and Idaho handled the pandemic very 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 differently so Idaho was like super red state very you know open gun laws um they didn't like have mask mandates they didn't require a lot of schools to shut down and then like Washington is like super um liberal state yeah progressive yeah you see a lot that's going on in Washington and Jay Inslee, the governor there. Um, and so, <laughs> but I, it was just so interesting to like see how people got manipulated in real time. Like we were, I would say like everyone was scared in the beginning. Like you turn on mm-hmm. your TV and it's like people dying in the streets and shit. And you're like, oh damn, like, yeah, I don't want that to like happen here. And yeah. then they're like, oh my God, everyone's got to stay inside for two weeks, spread, stop the curve and stuff. And so it's like, okay, if that's what we have to do to, you know, be good citizens, because that's what we're told. But then after a little while, it started getting fishy. And, you know, and then people, I remember like when the vaccine stuff started coming out, um, so many people were like, yeah, I'm probably not going to get that or I'm going to wait until I have to, you know, I'm going to wait till like more research comes out to see if that's Mm -hmm. something I want to do. And then within like six months, they were getting it because they needed to keep their job or they wanted to travel or like so many other reasons. Yeah. And and I personally never did. I never chose to. 
um, for personal reasons, actually, because I, in 2016, was diagnosed with Guillain-Barre syndrome, which is a neurological disorder. Mm -hmm. And my neurologist told me to never take the flu shot because it could cause another GBS reaction in my body. And then I'm like, okay, well, if I can't even take the flu shot, I'm not going to take the COVID shot because it's probably like the flu shot on steroids. So I'm not going to like, I'd rather have like a cold or like a flu than like paralysis in my body personally. Um, so I knew from the get go that I wasn't ever going to get it, but then I saw the manipulation in real time of people. And then of course, like you see the after effects, like all the sudden death syndrome and infertility and just everything that's happened since 2021. If you're really paying attention, it's fucking horrific. Like it's absolutely Mm. crimes against humanity. And then once I really understood as well, how, um, how vaccines affect the brain and how they affect autism. And of course I've been working with autistic people for so long. Um, And then I started feeling this calling saying like, you need to be one of the people that start sharing your voice. Like your Mm. voice needs to be heard. Um, I also, and like part of that was, and like I said, part of that was learning how to love myself because fully loving myself allowed me to finally, for the first time in my life, like fully accept my gifts Mm -hmm. and what I naturally possess, um, as my gifts, like things like I'm extremely empathetic. I have healing powers about me, which like sounds freaking goofy to say, but for some reason, like just talking to people helps them heal. Like I have noticed that many times where I'll make a relationship with somebody in some way, friendship or otherwise. And just through conversations and like me sharing my own stories, me sharing advice, if they ask, they start healing. And so I realized that is powerful, you know, like that should be something that I attribute to the world if that's something I'm naturally gifted at. And I was feeling this, uh, this voice, this calling to start sharing my voice on a larger scale. So I just started noticing everything that was happening in the world, felt like I needed to join the cause, join the fight and be somebody who is helping spread the truth and bring people back to common sense, because it seems Mm -hmm. like it's gone nowadays, you know, like like common sense isn't like, Hey, everybody, let's just open our eyes, evaluate what's going on from our own perspective, and then think about it on our own and come up, come up with our own conclusions. Like you don't need to listen to an expert. You don't need to listen to a doctor. You don't need to listen to your news. Like, what do you think about what's going on? If you just look at it from a broad perspective and Mm. people just don't really do that anymore. You know, they rely so much on what to be told. So yeah, uh, that's, that's one of the reasons I started my podcast and, you know, it's been like, it's been a little hard (laughs) because I work full time and. I'm sure you're aware that yeah, it's yeah. like a one man show. It's difficult to do everything. Um, it's been a little overwhelming at times, but yeah, just making you know. time outside of like a full-time job to do something like a podcast on, you know, on the side as, as like a passion project or a side hustle kind of thing. Definitely understand that. Um, but yeah, it, it really is bizarre. I, I guess, you know, everyone, everyone has different sort of situations. It was like, everyone was looking at the pandemic from very different lenses based on their own, their own experience and stuff. Right. It's like, 
you know, the, the people who were the, you know, essential workers that had to go to work still were a hell of a lot different, the experience that they had than the people who were able to work from home. And maybe, you know, if they had kids and suddenly had to, you know, be working while taking care of their kids, that, you know, that that's a, has its own challenges. But for a lot of people who were able to work from home, especially if they didn't have kids, it's like the pandemic actually was not really very bad for them you know they're able to spend less money on transportation spend less money eating out and stuff like that because you literally couldn't anywhere and yeah it just it just it's interesting because with so many of the things that have happened over the last few years and continue to be going on right now that's one of the main things that is driving so much of the conflict between people is because everyone has their different perspectives, right? Like I, I had a call in like 2020, I was having a chat with my, my mom and we were on this app. I don't know if you remember, there was this app house party that it it ended up being like, like closing down after like a year or two, but it was kind of like whoever you had on it as friends would get a notification simply when you jumped on. So it kind of was like, you automatically were notifying people that you were like available to hang. And my mom and I jumped on there and were having a conversation for a couple minutes. And then suddenly my brother jumped on and my brother's an accountant and he was working from home. So he had this like very, very different perspective on everything that was going on compared to me because like I was a bar manager my industry got destroyed. And because I was like a a bar slash like restaurant manager, I, I had previously managed at another bar restaurant as well. And both of them were small businesses. So the chain of command was literally like the owners of the restaurant and then me. So it's like, I, new people who were having their lives destroyed, having their businesses destroyed, having their life savings. And literally like the one owner um, of like the previous restaurant that I was a manager at, he like used to be a financial bond trader for BMO and HSBC. And he, something that he said to me was kind of like, he felt like he made all the right choices his whole life. He was like 45 or so kind of like a couple of years ago when this all was happening. And it's just kind of heartbreaking. Like he said something like he made all the right choices of trying to, you know, be, be a financially responsible person and then taking on massive risk, massive debt to like open this bar slash restaurant And he's like, it's like everything he's worked for his entire life is being flushed down the drain because of government overreach, essentially, right? And then it's like, you know, my brother jumps on this conversation with my mom and I, and there's this narrative that he was kind of bought into the, you know, mainstream narrative of like, you know, it's it's not that difficult for us to just stay locked down just stay inside until this all passes kind of thing and I'm like we ended up getting into quite a heated argument and my mom was like all right I'm getting the fuck out of here (laughs) you guys like have your 
conversation and we just got really, really into it because it's, yeah, like part of the reason why that is happening with so many issues is that people just see things from their perspective and find it incredibly challenging to see like from I, other yeah. people's perspectives, right? Definitely. I and like something that I noticed too. Well, I mean, it's obvious to note, but notice, especially like with my parents and like my mom. So my mom ended up, you know, getting pretty sucked into the news and like she still is a little bit. I've been able to pull her out of quite a bit, but mm. it's so interesting how different people think on the same exact subject just mm. by streaming into different tunes of information you know like yeah. we're like that's it like the, that really is it like one people you know some people are streaming only into the mainstream narrative the mainstream news and like that's completely shapes what they're thinking about other people are tuned into much different um streams of information yeah alternative you know, news sources. yeah alternative news um like i i personally like just following a lot of random accounts throughout the world that just like post about what's going on in their area so you can you know you just see what's yeah, going it's like on citizen like journalism like yeah. you know and this is like, what's actually happening not filtered right. through a massive corporation with a massive yeah. incentive to simply make money off and of stoking fear and rage the same way make you yeah. believe certain things you know all for their own gain and yeah, it's just, I, you know, it's something that I never thought I'd see within my lifetime is how, you know, just like this mass manipulation of people like it within like one single event, you know, like I, we have certainly been indoctrinated and so many things for our entire life to believe and act and live certain ways. But <clears throat> that one single swoop, you know, it was really interesting to see just how it changed so many people and um and yeah like how many people turn on one another <laughs> based off of that information and it, you know, it's just pretty sad but so, and it's, so, it's very it's very heartbreaking that so many businesses lost their businesses and um you know yeah so many people that's the thing right yeah like, like so just like real citizens real people um that that's what makes us up, you know, like we're, we're not the elites, like that we are the 99% and we are, you know, we're the peasants here. We are the peasants and like, we are yeah. being treated as such. And it just kind of really pisses me off because this is not how we're supposed to live. This is not how we're supposed to live as humans. And, you know, I'm just mad about it and I don't want people to live <laughs> like this anymore. I want them to like wake up and realize that, there's more to life than the news and more to life yeah. than fear and uh, to have joy and fun and purpose and, you know, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, that was something that I found to be so kind of like infuriating if people who are sort of like following the mainstream narrative and, and I, I had a number of people or, or in my life or that I saw online making this point essentially being like almost like a you know a, a criticism of the rich and corporations and capitalism itself 
as if, you know, quote unquote, the economy for people who were saying like, you can't destroy not only people's freedoms to have their own risk assessment and make their own free choices as free human beings, especially young people who are not really at risk for this in the first place, instead of, you know, the it's like, this is the first time in history that we've locked down healthy people in a pandemic, rather than locking down the people who are sick. And the people who are, you know, have comorbidities and compromised immune systems and are elderly and people who have a a greater like risk for the thing to then make their own risk tolerance assessment and cost benefit analysis and whatnot. But we had this, you know, this narrative and these laws essentially imposed on us, taking away our freedoms. And people were, were kind of like anybody, you know, talking about people's freedoms where, you know, getting labeled fucking white supremacists and stupid shit like that. But also this like sort of talking about like the economy as some abstract thing that only rich people and capitalists think about. And then I'm coming at it from a position of like, I've worked running businesses for people who own them, having a close relationship with these people, understanding deeply the the risk and financial like risk and stress of operating a business and the, the, you know, the restaurant industry, bar industry has really not very good margins, you know, especially if it's not some corporate chain that has, uh, you know, how many different franchises and whatnot. And that it's like the, you know, quote unquote economy, isn't this abstract thing of caring about sort of like, money more than people because it's more the the narrative and the progressive sort of inclination was like we have to we have to save as many lives as possible and then not taking in any of the like the counter sort of like realities of well these are these are people who are losing their jobs people who are losing their businesses people who are losing literally their life savings and everything they've worked for over decades and yeah it just and for what <laughs> and yeah for what? <laughs> you know for uh a cold a new strain of the flu a new strain of a cold that has a 99.7 something percent survival rate you know it's and those people so many of those people are still today defending the lockdowns, defending the mandates as like, yeah. they just can't even like accept that they were bamboozled. It's like, it's okay to accept <laughs> that you got, got, you know, like so many people got, got, and it is what it is, but you're not helping us moving forward because the thing that, you know, one of the reasons why I started the pod, my podcast is because this is not over, you know, 2020 was the the catalyst of what's to come. And we have got to be prepared as citizens to fight back this time. You know, like I, I was really, really shocked at how many people were bamboozled, how many people were manipulated. Mm -hmm. People that I thought were a little bit stronger um, and in their minds to, you know, not 
be manipulated like that really were. And it's, uh, it was surprising. It was shocking. And it was a little disappointing. You know, it was very disappointing because I was hoping more people would be willing to fight back. And, you know, this is something kind of morbid to say, but most people that got the injections are a lot of them are going to pass away probably within the next 30 years. A lot of them are going to have really, you know, chronic illnesses. They're going to become infertile. They're going to be bogged down with, um, they're, they're either going to pass away or be bogged down with um, chronic illnesses. Yeah. It's and definitely so- a, a scary thing. Cause I actually, I, I, my, my now ex and I, at the time we, we held out for quite a while and then we did end up eventually getting like two doses of the Pfizer vaccine. And like, you know, luckily right now it's kind of like, everything's all good for us. But even I saw a video of, uh, I think, I think Scott Adams, the, uh, the creator of like the Dilbert comic strip a little Uh while ago saying something how like, you know, like the, the 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 evidence is in like the the best choice is those who didn't get the vaccine like that's what the evidence now shows like people have had adverse reactions people have died from it people have had all sorts of crazy chronic issues because of it and even for those of us like me and that's what he was saying sort of too he's like I'm fine right now, but there's this question mark that if I hadn't got it, wouldn't be there. But it's like, what's going to happen five or 10 years down the road, right? And, you know, the reason that we both ended up getting it was because I I felt like once there, there was basically about a billion and a half doses administered before I kind of was like, okay, I think the the evidence is clearly showing that it's safe, at least in the, in the short term. Right. And so many people have got it, but also, yeah, like there was, you know, we were, we were both slightly affected by the manipulation and the coercion and the, you know, the limits on our freedom to just be able to go out and do stuff if we wanted to. And I, I definitely, I I've been, even though like I ended up getting it, I've been very against the lockdowns, the mandates. Right. Very, it's, more, like, it's like, if people want to, you know, people can choose to get the flu shot every year. Like I'm not for the flu shot personally, yeah. but like that's people's choice. It's not, if the, the choice was taken away from people, whether yeah. or not you, whether or not you want to say it was or not, it was because coercion is not, you know, a choice. Coercion, you know, manipulation is not giving people a real choice. Like give it, if you, you have to give them the full information, complete informed consent, and then mm-hmm. people can make a real choice. And so I, um, it, it is what it is. Like uh, a lot of people I know and love got it as well. And truly yeah. the only reason why I 100% didn't get it was because I knew I never would because of my Guillain-Barre syndrome. Right. If yeah. I didn't have that, I could have been, you know, viewing it from a different lens, but you know, then I saw them like 
giving away like fucking like oh my McDonald's, god like mcdonald's free, like vouchers for like getting joints the shot. and fucking burgers and, like a five dollar <laughs> target gift card it's like yeah oh the, cool five dollars so at target that's bizarre. gonna get me a lot <laughs> it's so bizarre the so shit celebrities that was up happening. on stage talking about it and like once all that started happening it was just it's like why why are they trying to get everybody to take this so bad they're really 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 trying right now which is fucking weird it's so weird i've never seen you know uh, on a mass global scale so many people pushing a vaccine before and it was just like why but i didn't know why at the time i just knew that it was wrong and i hadn't really gone down the rabbit hole yet but yeah. <laughs> Good old rabbit hole. I was like, you know, teetering around the tree, but I hadn't hopped down yet. And so now, <laughs> of course, I feel like I understand why quite well. Um, and well, it's money. It's like it's it, all, everything's it's, always about money. Follow the money. And it's yeah, I, it's money and um, power, power, uh, control, um, harm, in my opinion. I think yeah. that, um, that there's. The, they actively were trying to harm a lot of people through the vaccines and it worked. Um, and so that's why I it's like, man, come on, you guys, like, let's, all right, that happened. We saw the effects. We saw how it changed society. We saw how it um, changed the everyday life of the everyday person, like you were talking about. And mm-hmm. let's make sure that never happens again. Like, go buy some guns, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, do some independent research and turn off your news and enjoy life and like grow your own food. Um, yeah. you know, so it's just, we've got to be ready for the next thing because more is coming and it's, it's definitely. Yeah. It's, um, it's so it's, it's hard to even like really talk about or unpack some of this stuff because it's just, there's so much to it and you can really like, we could get into the weeds and and stuff on so many of the things that have happened in the last few years. And it's like, they're openly talking about having to do climate lockdowns. Now they're like, Oh, look at the the carbon went down when we locked the fucking world down. We we're going to need to do this to stop climate change and stuff. And yeah, it's, it's challenging to, I guess like, like I'm sure you have sort of experienced for yourself, especially having gone down the rabbit hole and it's, it's hard not to see all of the shit that's happened in the last few years, especially so as as like such clear examples that there are, there are people and mechanisms of the most powerful people in the world that are doing everything possible to keep people kind of like asleep, compliant, obeying the official narratives of everything. And everything's about power and control and money and controlling the population and that they're continuing to drive us forward toward ever more control, which it's like every single crisis always leads to more government control. It's like, that's what happened after 9-11 with the Patriot Act. That's what we've seen through the pandemic. And it's like everything going on steroids. So it's like, I guess... Yeah, and it's like we world wars, you know, the both world wars, they were able to exert quite a bit of control over the countries that were involved. And yeah, well, it's like uh, the you know, I don't want to like, be that person, but yeah, 
I think the next World War is coming. Um, well, it's already we're we're already yeah, it's already starting. it's already happening with it's like happening. NATO versus Russia is the West yeah. versus Russia. It's like it's it's a proxy war, but it's like it couldn't be. It, it's gonna ramp any up more towards, thinly yeah. veiled. Yeah, yeah. There's it's interesting to think about what's gonna happen with that. I listened to. I listened to a conversation. I'll have to look at what the guy's name was, but he was giving like a sort of a pretty expert detailed breakdown of like a few different ways that this conflict with Ukraine and Russia could go. But yeah, it's like, you know, what you're saying about the world wars and about, it's like, if you actually look at what's happening and you look at the history and it's like, you know, it, I guess it's hard to know what to do to not be stuck in the conspiracy rabbit hole and how to move forward with a sort of like anything resembling like a positive outlook and glass half full and how to like actually, you know, like you have talked about kind of like following your divine path and, and actually like creating positive things for me. I, I felt like it was opposite for me. Like I felt like as soon as I learned the truth, it felt like the veil was lifted. Oh yeah. But, um, but it gave me, um, it made me feel better because before I was so confused, I didn't know what the hell was going on. And it's like, as soon as I like really took the time to learn what was actually going on behind the scenes, you know, like we hear like the government is corrupt, but like how corrupt, what are they yeah. actually? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like this, I, like, oh, this corrupt. To like, <laughs> learn what was going on and kind of come up to my come up with my own conclusions as to why I felt more empowered because then it's like okay well now I'm just gonna like not listen to that and do opposite things a lot of the times and focus on like it it made me realize like what actually matters on this Mm -hmm. earth as we're living this earthly experience is uh you know finding joy finding peace, finding purpose, the in the personal relationships you have with the people in your real life, like not online, not people you idolize. Like these are real, the real important things of life and being able to know what's going on. But like I, it discovering the truth allowed me to let go of the fear and yeah. allowing myself to let go of the fear allowed me to start living differently and, <clears throat> and just living living more joyously, even though I know the truth, even though I know what's going on, even though I know what the government is, you know, doing a lot of the times and when most people don't care, don't want to know. And like, I, you know, I want to know what's going on, but it doesn't make me scared. Like I don't live in that realm of fear. Like, oh my God, everything's terrible. And it also made me realize that this stuff has been going on for a long forever. time, like forever, forever. you know, and like Literally. it's going to, it's going to keep going on whether or not I start a podcast, whether or not, um, you know, we fight back and everything like they're going to always find a way, but we, as the people can at least, I hopefully just stop tuning into that and start living how we're supposed to live, which is, um, peace, joy, purpose, and relationships. And that's it. You know, like that's like, we're supposed to be here to learn lessons and grow and evolve. And they, through the mainstream narratives, they've been able to manipulate us to not focus on that, you know, be so focused and saturated with fear that 
our souls can't evolve and can't fulfill our purposes that we're supposed to do here on this earth. And uh, yeah, screw that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to live like that. I see how people live when they live in that space. I see, um, you know, a lot of older people that live in that space and it, and just their quality of life versus other people's quality of lives when they, you know, turn off the news and enjoy life. And, um, that's how I want to be, you know, I don't, and I, that's how I want everyone to be. I'm trying to, I want to encourage people to, um, it is scary, but it, you know, who cares? It's going to happen anyways. They're going to do what they want. We can fight yeah. back as much as we can. And then the things that we can't just say, screw it. And like, have a good time. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Hang yeah. out with the people that you love and do things that bring you joy. Yeah, I definitely really like flip flop a lot between sort of seeing this, you know, when it comes down to it, like it is most people would see it as and even I I would say that it is this very conspiratorial way of looking at the world. But it's like, well, yeah, but there are all of these conspiracies of very powerful people who are doing literally insane evil shit in order to control other people and make money off of all of us and it's and like like, what is a conspiracy like two or more people coming together and like coming up with an idea or conclusion about something that's going on like that's (laughs) the real definition so it's like okay yeah like I was like, okay, so all these people see what's going on and then we come up with this conclusion to it and now all of a sudden we're conspiracy theorists. It's like, okay, well, that's what's happening. So if you, if that's a conspiracy, I guess. Yeah, well, it's like, it's literally like if two or more people conspire or plan to do something that's going to benefit them positively and it's going to negatively impact other people, that that's conspiracy. It's like, yeah, there's... tons of conspiracies happening all the time and many of the biggest conspiracies in the past have been shown to be true and so many of the conspiracy theories when we don't know if they're valid yet or not it's like many of those are in fact going to just like so many have in the past turn out to be true it's like so many you know, I I, I want to we it's it's funny because it's like there's so many things that have happened in the last few years that are related to the pandemic sort of kicking off this trajectory that we're on that we could really kind of like stay on the, those topics. But I do want to sort of like move past them. But it's yeah. like yeah. it's like almost every single thing that the government and media told us about everything over the last like few years has turned out to have been lies and the governments have admitted that like the Canadian government, the health agencies have admitted that the mandates and the lockdowns were not based on science. They were not based on evidence. They were political decisions. They have admitted this in court. Right. And it's crazy because it's like, you have someone like me or someone like you that goes and sees that and goes, Oh, okay. This is what the evidence actually says. This is what these people actually admitted to. And then you have this massive chunk of the population who's like, they're not getting this from the mainstream because of course the mainstream has a right just because it's publicly known doesn't mean it's mainstream publicly known. Yeah. Yeah. Like the mainstream media 
actively tries to suppress these stories, even though it's very much available for the public to know. So that's the thing. Like everyone's like, well, I haven't heard of that. I haven't heard of that. Like just because yeah. you haven't heard of it doesn't mean it's not true. Like I know, it's, stop watching it's, the news. <laughs> well, and like that's that's like what you were saying too about like it's like when you see what's actually going on and the veil is lifted, it is it is freeing. And part of the reason it's freeing, and I feel this quite frequently that you probably can relate to, is that everything that's going on or so many things that are going on in the world, the way that our world is structured and the, the, the structures of power and control and manipulation from governments, corporations, media, and militaries. It's like, it's like they're all against the average person because all they want to do is control and make money from the average person. So they brainwash us with propaganda. It's like the media is owned by only five corporations, own 90% of the media. All of the financial incentives and power and control incentives are not in our interest. And it's like when you when you start to really see that, it's like it's freeing because you get to it's like you're exiting the matrix and you can see reality for what it actually is but it's like it lets you see that like go from sort of this place where you're kind of like you like you said you're like the government's corrupt but like how in what mm-hmm. ways are the government's corrupt? and it's like everybody knows that even the people that follow mainstream narratives and stuff they ultimately know that the government and the media are corrupt and it's like, follow the money. If you want to really yeah. understand they anything, it's like, they know, like I would say 95% of people know that the government is corrupt. on some know deep level, yeah. to us. but they don't want to know how they don't want to What's know scary, what or right? why. It's scary yeah, it's for like a lot they, of people. They, just, they would rather put their heads in the sand and just not think about it and like continue to live their lives blindly. Yeah. Which is, cool i guess well I it's like don't people don't do have that. yeah like people don't have especially if it's like if you have kids it's like you know i find it challenging to have time outside of like working a full-time job for most of my interests outside of just job taking care of like chores coming home and cooking and cleaning and taking my dog out it's like i can't imagine having children right so it's like people don't have the bandwidth and i think people are also afraid to know the truth because when you know the truth there is an element of it that it is terrifying to think like it's almost it's it's hard to actually believe like is that how things actually are are they that fucking corrupt and straight up evil like you've said like when you see what's actually happening you're like you can't not like sort of reach the assumption that there is some sort of profound darkness and evil that is that con- like the control yeah. at the highest levels of this like of our planet or mm-hmm. of the very like reality that we're living in right but it also makes you go from being kind of like things are crazy and not understanding like quite how they're crazy or why they're so crazy. And then having this relief because, you know, there's this Jiddu Krishnamurti quote that says something to the effect of like, it's no measure of health to be well-adjusted to a profoundly sick society. And that's what most people are. They're well-adjusted to the profound levels of sickness and illness that's driven by these like structures that are in control of our governments, corporations, media. And 
it's it's uh there there's another quote that I it's funny I actually have it on like my quotes my favorite quotes in like my Facebook profile information and it says something to the effect of like it's it's the actual crazy people in our society that feel like they're not crazy because they're crazy in a similar way to everyone else who's crazy and people are crazy to live in this world in this way under these oppressive corrupt structures but because they're sort of going about their business and their daily lives in a way that's similarly crazy they feel like they're sane and then everyone who sees what's actually going on feels fucking insane because they're like this this is what's actually happening how the fuck can people not see this or like how want- am i like still going to like my fucking nine to five job when i know like the world you know the government leaders are literally trying to murder us yeah and <laughs> you it's, know it's what i mean it's the it's the actual sane person in our society that's made to feel crazy because of this yeah. whole dynamic and it's when you like like sort of on the flip side or or the you know other side of the coin is that like when the veil is lifted when you actually see what's happening in our world and see how fucking corrupt everything is there is this sort of sigh of relief that you're like oh i'm not crazy right. i'm actually being yeah like like the most fucking epic gaslighting you could ever possibly imagine is just constant against the populations of the world and in our societies and it's like when you actually see what's happening you can kind of have this like sigh of relief that you're like oh like no everything's insane and everyone following along with this clearly corrupt unjust fucking insanity everyone's insane and it's like it make it makes sense that like the vast majority of people don't only like do they not have the bandwidth to sort of like investigate things for themselves because they're just busy living their lives and sort of living in this constructed reality just blindly kind of going along with oh like everything's fine <laughs> kind mm-hmm. of thing but it's like they also it's it really is kind of scary for people i think to actually yeah like give in to allow your mind to actually understand our world yeah for and what it actually cool. and is like, I, also too i think uh, a big part of it is the mainstream media has done such an amazing job at villainizing people like you and i mm-hmm. and people that know the truth by labeling us conspiracy theorists labeling us crazy labeling labeling us loons you know um think saying that we are are uncredible people shouldn't listen to us and um and people see how the world reacts to people like us and they don't want to be like that it's also so many fucking doctors like literally like when when that woman from twitter who literally made the decision to like ban trump from twitter and ban Uh all these doctors like the the woman who's questioning her in this video is like sorry where where did you get your medical degree from and she's like i don't (laughs) have a medical degree right and and she's like so 
what? Like, why did you stop like a Harvard doctor yeah. from sharing his yeah, she's doc- like, doctor's opinion on Twitter when you have no like no medical yeah. experience at all? Like what what gave you the expertise to yeah. say that was wrong? And, and she literally was like, like you personally made the choice with no medical expertise of your own to ban Harvard and Stanford educated doctors and other medical professionals, including like there was plenty of epidemiologists and all sorts of people who were not blindly agreeing with this narrative. So if you don't follow the narrative, then like you not only could be labeled crazy, but you could lose everything, you know, like there's, there's real life consequences to speaking the things that we're speaking you know like one of the reasons why i felt brave enough to start my podcast and yeah i want to know more about that this. Is because like i work for people that believe the same things that i do that they are awakened and you know i could never feel comfortable having an independent podcast saying all the things that I say if I worked for people that didn't also believe in the things that I believed because they would probably fire me like if I got up on there and I was like hey everybody like you know um, heavy metal toxicity in the brain is a cause of autism and heavy metals come from vaccines and other things in our environment um and like you know 99% of people who work in autism don't agree with that they like I you know I am uh very rare in my field for saying stuff like that and um you know people don't want to hear that people are very very uh, offended and will go to battle against you when you say stuff like that because they have been co- so convinced that that is not true and so you know you there are very real life consequences for choosing to become awakened choosing to see the truth and you know, share the truth and live your life accordingly. And unfortunately, um, yeah, I think others see that and they don't want to be ostracized from society. There is a bit of an ostracization that goes on once you um, awaken, but also there is, um, you do it to yourself too, because you realize that the people that you've always hung out with, spent time with, um, you don't really have as much in common with them anymore. You know, it's you know, like yeah. things that like matter to them, things that used to matter to you don't quite matter as much anymore. Like, I don't, you know, like, I don't want to talk about sports with people. <laughs> like, I don't want to talk about celebrities. I don't want to talk about fashion. You know, like that stuff is so meaningless to me now. <laughs> and, it's so funny because it's like the government is trying to kill us. <laughs> like, you know, I want to talk about the corrupt government with people. Like, like I recently shared on Twitter <laughs> when it was like when you're at a party and you hear somebody talking about the uh, the government being corrupt and this is like them looking across the room like hey yeah you know? hey, like, hey. like that's how you become my friend because not like don't talk to me about Starbucks you know like uh, talk to me about fucking Fauci you know yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah it's oh it's uh, such yeah like speaking of kind of like the gaslighting is like there's videos of trudeau that have been of him talking somewhere recently and a a recent chat i think the new york times sat down with fauci and it's like both of them just saying like we never shut anything down we never forced we never we never forced anyone to get the vaccines and shit and it's like 
how anybody can continue to fucking take this nonsense and not be like, all right, like we can't, it's like, we've been gaslit so hard and propagandized and brainwashed so hard that you would think that, and I think like for a lot of people, this is true. Like there's probably more people awake to the corruption of the world and what's actually happening because of what's happened in the last few years and how blatantly hypocritical so many of the things and corrupt so many of the things that have happened have been. But it's like, then you see, like there's all these videos of Trudeau recently saying like, oh, well, I never, I never like, forced anyone to get the vaccines and stuff and it's literally just like a supercut going to all of these clips of everything that right? he exactly. did and said like, like just a couple years ago of the internet like that it, yeah. it exists out there where you literally said get the shot to prevent or else, from like, killing your grandma or whatever the in society and, uh it's yeah. and, and fauci as well saying the same thing like show me a single school that I shut or, or something. Show me a single vaccine that I forced someone to get. I never did any of that. And it's like, man, like you gotta be fucking kidding me. Like yeah. it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's totally insane. It, and it's really disgusting because these people are evil in my opinion, whether or yeah, not they were born no. evil or not, they have been completely corrupted by evil in some way, whether whatever that you interpret that to be. And they like people like Fauci he has he is responsible for um you know millions of deaths at this point in his lifetime Mm -hmm. starting with the AIDS pandemic and you know everything that's happened since and now 2020 and he's he's an evil evil person he truly is and his soul will answer for that within his next lifetimes you know he's got a lot a lot of karma to pay back but um yeah, those people, they're, they really are not looking out for us. They're certainly, and like, whether or not you believe that in 2020 or not, how you can't understand that now, how you can't understand that they pushed this onto us so hard. They manipulated people into getting it so hard. And then there were so many adverse reactions, adverse effects that happened to it. Where, and then you look at the people that didn't get it and all they did was like, get sick and then they got better you know and then now yeah. they're fine i mean i got yeah. sick one time in uh april of 2021 i had a really bad cold it was like i got really sick for about a week it's been the, the sickest i'd gone in a while but like that was it you know i recovered i lost my sense of taste and smell for a couple of weeks and then like i was fine and i have literally not gotten sick since and um you know i probably have really strong immunity to it now so Awesome. Like I remember like when I was really sick with it, I was thinking, literally thinking, I'm kind of glad I'm so sick with this right now because now I'm gonna have really strong immunity immunity to it. Yeah. And um and the fact that people that wanted to do that were villainized and that we were told that you have to get this injection in order to keep yourself safe and keep your community safe. And now we see how many, you know, sudden deaths have happened, how many heart attacks, how many um, neurological disorders, how many miscarriages, you know, everything that's happened because of that going inside of their bodies. And you have to stop and think the people that push that onto us, they knew, you know, their research was there. It's come out now. Pfizer knew all this stuff before they even really started pushing the vaccine. Oh my goodness. and and they knew, but they still push it onto us. So 
were they trying to harm us? Were they? Well, trying it's also come out that, that like the likelihood is extremely high at this point, based on the evidence that this was developed. COVID was developed in the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and that was. You know, this this type of research, this gain of function research, which is essentially figuring out how to make a virus more deadly to or a pathogen more deadly to humans than it naturally is under the guise of like, so that if that happens naturally, we can learn how to combat it better. It's like, no, you you fucking idiots like you made it happen. And that that type of research was banned in the U.S., and then Fauci and the like NIS or whatever funded this company that funded this to be offshore to continue this research at the Wuhan lab. And that like the, you know, the whole story of like the natural uh, origins of it, they still don't have the, um, yeah, what was it? Some dude ate a bat or something? Well, it initially <laughs> was like, yeah, like so it, it it jumped from a bat to a pangolin to they think something else before jumping to humans because they don't have evidence that it like jumped. I don't, I don't like totally understand this. All I understand or that matters for this point is that the intermediary animal that would have had to have contact like contracted the disease and have the mutation for it to be able to come into humans from the bat to the pangolin it's like there's no evidence for that and there's all this you know mounting evidence that it's extremely unlikely or almost undeniable like one of the former cdc directors has you know testified in front of congress saying that like one of the reasons is that there was this this uh this research that already had previously been done that if the, you know, so-called cleavage site where the virus's spike protein enters the human cell were to be this type of cleavage site that literally they did research on to de like develop COVID just happens to have that exact type of thing. And they, like this former, C I forget what the guy's name is. I'll have to look it up, but it's like, there's video of him testifying in front of Congress saying like the presence of that cleavage site, which we already had research on and already knew that if a virus were to obtain this, it would become more deadly to be more transmissible to humans. That, that COVID has that is almost like as close to impossible as can possibly right. be. To yeah, naturally have happened? naturally have happened. Yeah, how would that have naturally occurred? <laughs> and and also that like him and other people that were like part of the like conversations with the CDC at the start of the pandemic, anyone who went against the narrative were suddenly no longer part of those conversations and that they saw like this narrative, like he literally is testified saying like, yeah, like this narrative that was pushed was not based on the evidence that we had. And any of us that tried to push back on it were suddenly not part of the conversation anymore, sort of kicked out of the room kind of thing. And like, yeah. So again, there's just like for anybody who, 
doesn't understand how much evidence there are for how truly fucking corrupt all this shit is and continues to be, it's like, it's really not hard to find, right? Right. It's really not. And, you know, it is what it is at this point because it's already happened. And like, I just want people to know what the fuck's going on and like know the truth so we don't have the same thing happen the next time, you know, like, more so people fight back and i do feel like there will be enough people at this point that are not going to comply with the next thing they're not going yeah. to comply with the mandates they're just going to say no fuck you i'm not going to do that and it's going to be very interesting to see how that unfolds within society um yeah and it's just going to be really interesting i'm it's very gonna be crazy like Shit's going to continue to get crazier over the next five, like year to decade within our society. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just really curious. So like, all, all I can do is do what feels right. Continue to, you know, live my life and build relationships and like, um, plan for the future and grow my own food and learn how to buy locally sourced Food, especially living living here on Maui, things it it's a little scary because almost everything that we have here is exported or yeah. imported. Excuse me. And so you know, even on the moment, mainland, so, though, like it's like that yeah, for like, all of us at, on at the mainland. Moment, and like living you know? in a big city, it's you know, like unless Three you're days. literally like out in the wilderness or jungle or something, like having your own land, like 100% living off the land on your own, we're all reliant on the system set in place by the government that yeah. we need to <clears throat> sustain us and keep us moving forward, whether that be, um, food, uh, you know, medical necessities, things that we need for like trades and stuff like that, like, um, electricians, mechanics, and any sorts of things. Like we, we have to rely on businesses and stuff like that for all that stuff. And so, um, we therefore have to be a part of the government. You know, we have to answer to them in certain ways if we're going to continue to live in society that way. So there is a, it's an interesting balance learning how to be awakened, but also, and like know the truth, but navigating still it's, living within society. Yeah. Well, and, and for a lot of us, <laughs> so like, like, not my, like how many people can really exit the matrix, you know? Well, like, it's, <laughs> yeah. Like even, you know, for someone like me, it's like, I have all this knowledge that I feel like I need to be much better prepared for what I see to be kind of ever increasing challenging times. And to, like you said, it's like, you know, we're, we're, you're on an island it's obviously worse but on the mainland too it's like it, it's not necessarily like i i wouldn't like call it necessarily that this system is all set up by the government like there is like the free market of capitalism was it's so complex with so many different people and businesses interacting right. well, I just but, mean like you have to have a business license you have to pay taxes and all that yeah shit yeah, yeah. well and what the pandemic really showed was that they they call it sort of like um they call it just in time. Basically it's like everything is sort of working be because the market pushes towards like economic efficiency. It's like everything is sort of like done for as cheap as it can be done as quick as it can be done. And with as little resources as possible feeding into it to try to maximize profits so that every single system that we rely on is 
called sort of like this just in time. And when the, when the supply chain breaks down, like we saw, it's like everything starts to collapse because we have no sort of buffer built into right. it for preparing for like catastrophe. And so, yeah, it's like, we need to do that ourselves in our personal lives. And it, of course is challenging. It's like, I'm not prepared for what, like if, you know, if, the supply chains break down, then it's like the grocery stores have like three days worth of, of anything of food and mm -hmm. any supplies. It's like, I, I it, it's, it's weird. It gives me almost like some level of not comfort. Comfort's definitely not the right word, but some <laughs> level of like, I'm going to be in the same boat. Like I can do what I can to prepare and I should, and I want to, but I feel like I like financially, my hands are tied to be able to have a lot of extra money to put towards like, you know, stocking up food or getting guns and ammunition or anything like that, which is even harder to get here in Canada. And, um, but that it's kind of like, you know, if, and when shit hits the fan, like, we're all the vast majority of us, we're all going to be in the same boat, right? Right. Like we're all going to be kind of like fucked to whatever degrees we are. And we're going to have to rely on each other. And, you know, it's like, I, I think a lot of people have sort of like one or two people that they know, like has land, has a farm somewhere up North in like Northern Ontario, like my brother's, <laughs> my brother's uh, wife's family. It's like, Okay. They, they have land in Northern Ontario <laughs> and it's like, everyone's kind of got like some, if you don't get it, like have some type of plan in place that if, and when shit hits the fan, there's like somewhere you can go to get the fuck out of the cities. Cause they'll yep. turn into like, like the chaos first. And that it's like, you know, like people have always had to, like we've said, this is, you know, this, this kind of shit has happened time and time again throughout history. And a lot of people will be fucked. A lot of people will die mm -hmm. when shit hits the fan, but people find a way they make it through. And it's like, everyone's got their like friend or family member or someone they know that's like, they got the land, they've got the like farmland, they've got the guns and shit. And we can just like yep. go like get the <laughs> fuck out. So it's yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. My dad just bought a little bit of land in Tennessee <clears throat> and him, he moved from Idaho and um yeah it's so like the it's so cheap to buy land down there I think he bought it's small you know it's like a half an acre with a nice house and a shop but it's like a hundred and twenty five thousand dollars or something like that yeah. it's so inexpensive um and we'll see how my life unfolds but I would love to be able to buy some land out there too like near him I don't know if I would ever move out there but like as a yeah. as a backup but just in case I need to get the fuck away I need to get <laughs> out of town like have my own water system you know like there's a lot of streams and stuff that um, naturally yeah. occur there but yeah it's it's definitely something to think about and I'm you know I think that we're just going to if it ever does come to that point, we're going to have to come together as small communities. Like we really will be small communities, whether like your family congregates together up at your sister-in-law's farm or something like that. Yeah. And, but you know, we're going to have to, we're just going to have to know how to survive and we don't know how to survive right now. Most people don't. I know we're so dependent. All I have is like from backpacking and stuff, you know, like I yeah. don't, 
I'm like, I just moved to uh, a place that finally has a yard. So like, I, I'm like just starting to like grow my own food again. You know, I have my own little planter boxes and stuff and I'm like starting to grow my own food and figure it out. And, um, you know, I feel like if we have the time, people should invest in learning a skill that could be valuable to yourself and your community in the future. It's like something that you're interested in, you know, don't just pick mm. something just to pick it. Like whether that is like learning how to grow your own food or um, learning about herbs and herbalism or sewing, you know, making your own clothes or carpentry or ma- mechanics, you know, like all that stuff is going to be really valuable that people are going to need to know those skills. And if we can strengthen those on our own so we can be valuable members to our communities in the future. Like it may be needed, you know, we're oh, yeah. young still and like there's who the hell knows what's going to unfold within our lifetime. Um, and, uh, you know, all we can do is like try to be prepared. And if not, you know, just try to have a good attitude about it. Try to stay positive. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it like seems like it gets to us is through our low vibrations. Yeah. Like a lot of people are, are realizing that it's like, man, like we gotta, we gotta learn how to actually like survive outside of being totally, utterly dependent okay. and relying on these systems that are, are all around us because if they break down, which they have recently and probably will again, that, yeah, it's like you, you gotta, you gotta be prepared for that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like it's, it's a, the, these types of things are kind of weird to talk about because on the one hand, they're incredibly interesting and they're important there always seems to be somewhat of a doom and gloom negative connotation to them to some degree. That's like, it's kind of impossible to get away from. Um, So I don't want to focus like the rest of the conversation on that, but it's tough because there's, that's just like more of like, Hey, just something to think about, you know, yeah, yeah, for sure. Too much, you know, like I don't, I don't allow those thoughts to like affect my (laughs) real everyday life other than, um, you know, growing my own food or something like that, which is like something I want to do anyways, like having a garden. Yeah. But yeah, you know, like you can't, you can't stay in that space because then you are in like a low vibrational state. And that's when you're more susceptible to negative thoughts, negative energy, um, manipulation and things like that. Fear. Like negatively so, impacts your immune system, having yeah, sort of chronic yeah, stress and stuff like that for sure. Yeah, it's it's challenging though because it's like there's so many like little things popping up in my head of just you know further examples and things that like we could talk about in this realm because it's just yeah it's it's so insane it's so fucked up but actually there was a couple couple other things here that I wanted to ask you about um, yeah. remind me you know you you had mentioned in the episode about the psychedelics and the uh discovering your relationship with god that you had sort of this fear you you explained it as being like afraid of ghosts yeah and kind of like almost like when you felt like either you know call it god call it the universe call it your intuition whatever it is like when you felt like there was a you know 
I think you contextualize it as that it is something outside of you. I think mm -hmm. for me, it maybe it is, or maybe it is actually inside of you because it's like mm -hmm. that that voice, your intuition, which is maybe your you know your your soul or God or whatever trying to communicate with you could be coming from from inside or outside. Maybe it's a little bit of both. Who knows? But you had mentioned sort of having some fear around connecting with that voice and mm -hmm. I definitely relate to that it, it's interesting because you know yeah, I listened to your um, episode that you posted a couple um, two episodes ago when you were talking about um, spirituality with your friend um, David. I remember his name yeah and um, yeah and you had it was interesting hearing you and I have kind of similar backgrounds on that like we neither one of us were really raised religious mm -hmm. and we never like had our own relationship with God growing up or anything and it's something that we've had to kind of think about and find our own path to it as adults and yeah 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 so the question I guess uh is just sort of remind me what was that protective mantra that you okay. would say to yourself so, uh, <laughs> before so, kind of yeah, allowing I, I yourself to yeah I had this fear around um well I just kept feeling like something was like trying to get messages to me and I think at the time I interpreted that as like a ghost was trying to talk to me you know like you see on movies and shit where it's just it's scary and they knock things over and they drag you around and all that stuff and like <laughs> I didn't think that was really gonna happen but I just had this really deep-seated fear of ghosts and yeah. spirits and things like that and um and so, yeah, I reached out to my friend Gabby and she reassured me that like, that's not how <laughs> the spiritual realm really is. And if, if they were trying to, if you felt like they were trying to reach you in some way, then they, you know, they're only full of love and light and they would never say anything to harm you or hurt you. And they're only here to love you and guide you. Um, and so she's, yeah, she suggested I create a, a protective mantra. And so the mantra that I created was, um what was it it was um I think it was like sh protect me and protect me and give me your unconditional love and I am open to receiving your messages right or something like that something like that uh, it, it was like give me protection and provide unconditional love like because I needed to know that these were benevolent and you know this is benevolent energy that wasn't trying to harm me and like I mm -hmm. I was only open to hearing what they had to say or like open to just like feeling their uh, presence if they were gonna protect me and like not harm me in some way and so that was my that was my mantra and as soon as I started repeating that then I noticed my intuition opened up like right away I started mm -hmm. seeing synchronicities right away and um and I just started like following my heart a lot more and things have within a very short amount of time things have changed a lot in my life and unfolded very beautifully so you know, that's amazing thanks, thanks god yeah. <laughs> thanks me yeah it's, <laughs> me and god it's, we're, we are one and the same yeah and, it's interesting because yeah. like i i always think of these things you know it's like a lot of people are you know they're 
a lot of people are religious and they think of these things in very spiritual terms. And a lot of people are very scientific and very anti-religious and think that that's all woo-woo and stuff. And so they think about things in more objective terms. They want it to be logical, rational, based on evidence and stuff. So I always try to like look at, I, I try to look at everything from like both perspectives of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, any issue that's going on, I try to understand both sides so that I know that I'm making my own mind up based on having, a, a you know, done like an actual attempt at getting sort of the evidence for and against either sort of like set of claims to try to find out, well, like what's, what's the kind of reality. And in, in this context, it's kind of like, you know, th- we can think about things more spiritually and about you know positive angelic or negative demonic spirits or entities or things trying to connect with us and it's like there's so many things that either I've experienced or I've had conversations with other people things that they've experienced or things that you see stories maybe on a documentary or a show or a podcast people telling all these like crazy fucking stories that it's like the the scientific rational way of looking at things and understanding things it just doesn't it doesn't cut it it just it it doesn't then it's like there's so many things that really can't be explained and you know people call it the god of the gaps that it's like anything that can't be currently explained by science is sort of like falsely attributed to God. It's like the God of the gaps is the gap in our knowledge and stuff. But it's like, there's just so many things that science can't currently explain and probably never will be able to. And that there is this concept that I I actually think, because I, I sort of like the scientific way, rational way of thinking about things more. Like I, I historically have identified with it more. That's definitely changing a little bit as I grow and as I explore my own connection with God and stuff like that and religion and just this idea that's like, well, yeah, like whatever God is, whatever created the universe, we're part of it. We're connected to it in some weird ways that science can't and probably never will be able to explain there's quite a bit of like scientific research on the paranormal um and and the spiritual have you ever read any works by dr brian weiss um he's a psychiatrist so i would really really suggest reading his book many lives many masters by dr wyatt uh, brian weiss w-e-i-s-s i believe yeah. Um, and he, so he was a prominent psychiatrist in the, um, I think like sixties and seventies did a lot of work on, um, basically, uh, like SSRIs and the brain and like brain chemistry and all that stuff. And then, and he did a lot of psychotherapy with his patients. And then he had the, um, a patient come into his office who had all these anxieties and he started treating her traditionally for a year and a half and she didn't see any improvements. And then he started hypnotherapy with her and through hypnotherapy, she started traveling back to her past lives. Past life regression stuff. Yeah. And reliving those and like through going, reliving some of her past lives, she was able to um, heal her anxieties within this lifetime. Mm -hmm. And it just uncovers a lot. And so there's, um, 
he talks about in that book a ton of different research in the field of the paranormal that is done by scientists that prove that you know or or scientifically proves that um the stuff is real and it exists and um And yeah, you know, we are all connected. It's like, have you heard of Dolores Cannon? She's like uh-huh. really famous for having, I think, written a lot of books and done like a lot of past life progression, hypnotherapy mm-hmm. stuff as well. And yeah, I've heard that that's one of the things that sort of has informed my perspective from a more scientific yeah. kind of rational, I mean, logical. I would say that like, if you based... haven't had like a real experience where like you you know, I got, like I talked about in my episode and like, I've talked to like, my mom's had a similar experience through meditation and, Mm -hmm. you know, people have had that experience where they've like 100% felt the presence of our God, our creator, the universe, whoever it is, whatever it is, the energy that connects us all. And like, once you've felt that and experienced that, then it's, it, there's no question about it after that. And like, if you haven't, then yeah, it's, it's a bit harder to, um, to believe in but like one of the things that I've come to realize like so science has convinced us like seeing is believing seeing is believing but um spirituality believing is seeing like you have to like believe in this stuff you have to you have to surrender your heart over to the fact that there is a a god there is some a source of positive light and energy that connects us all and we do have a purpose here on earth and we do have a divine path that uh, you know that we have actually chosen to follow our souls have chosen this path to follow and uh, once you surrender over to that then like it all just starts falling into place and so mm. sometimes seeing is believing but sometimes believing is seeing and it's hard for people to, you know, do that, especially when it goes against everything that we've ever learned. And like, we are in such a scientific world right now. And I was very involved in science for a long time, you know, like that was like, I, I was all about the science, you know, but then I realized science only tries to replicate what nature already has. And well, it's trying to explain, like it's trying, it's yeah, using. Sometimes like you don't need an explanation though. Sometimes you just like, it just is like, you don't need to know why you don't need to know how you just, there it is. And just like love and embrace it. Like we're not, I don't think humans are meant to know so much about how it all works. Like that's not why we're here. It's not, it, I, you can, but like, you know, it doesn't that, I don't think that's going to like help people get, you know, find God is like through all these like different scientific modes and methods. Well, it's Um, interesting though, because so many, so many people for, for instance, who are like these very hard scientists who have studied like things like quantum mechanics in particular is that they they sort of go into these you know explorations of using the scientific method to it's it's sort of like i've i've heard it explained that like science and the scientific method is a set of tools that we use to sort of like try to understand what is actually happening in the reality that we're existing in. Mm-hmm. and that it's like all of these there there are a lot of people that the 
deeper they go in their understanding from the scientific rationalist perspective, it sort of leads them to God down at the bottom of the barrel, right? Yeah. And I guess like that's- It all leads back there. (laughs) Yeah, right. Which is part of why I'm- But then like, I'm, I'm so curious, like, so how does that change those scientists? Do they continue to live very scientifically or once they reach the conclusion of God, do they start living more spiritually? I think it's probably like like a bit of both because it's like yeah. there is uh I think I think I heard like Neil deGrasse Tyson, the astrophysicist, science communicator, talking about it one time where he's like, there's you know, some statistic that he he gave, something like, you know, to use some round numbers, that it's like 75% of people who are very scientifically minded and in scientific disciplines are more atheist or agnostic and not not like religious or don't have like a a deep faith but he's like well I'm not interested in the 75% that don't believe I'm interested in the 25% who knowing what they know from a very scientific perspective still are believers and it's like mm-hmm. what what do what do they know or what is the perspective right. that they have that has them or what either... research have they seen you know yeah. yeah which is kind of what happened with me it's like i similar to you yeah there there were so many things uh through listening to like all of your podcast episodes that are so relatable to me because it's it's like i was also like i kind of thought I was an atheist for a while or I was and then kind of more more so I I think almost like atheism is its own belief system people who are atheists Mm -hmm. hate that and they say like no it's not like the lack of a belief isn't a belief I'm like yeah it kind of is man it's still (laughs) it's still a faith-based perspective with no real evidence to support it right and so I've kind of always been agnostic as well just kind of like we, we don't know one way or the other we'll never know but then it's like as I've grown, as I've learned more, and as I've actively taken an interest in this more scientific, rational perspective, it has led me down this path through my own experiences, having conversations with other people and some of the crazy shit people have told me they've experienced, and then seeing all those stories out in the world and understanding sort of the philosophical questions and underpinnings of the religious questions and faiths that have informed like human civilization since the dawn of of our existence it, it's like it always goes back to god and these big questions about our place in the universe and i guess to sort of tie in this conversation with some of the stuff we're saying about you know this these deep evil conspiratorial corrupt structures in our world is kind of like it's it's all sort of related to each other it's all ties into one another and that it's like in some way it's like that the story of satan versus god good versus evil these stories that have been with us forever and like sort of like seeing that's kind of what we're talking about is like seeing both sides of that in real time playing out in our world. And that yeah. on, on some level, it's like the, the levels of 
control that seemed to only be able to be really explained by invoking like biblical language. Like that's the reason humans came up with that language because it's cyclical. It, it's happened time and time again. And it's like when shit gets as crazy as it is right now, it's like the language that actually makes the most sense to actually understand is to invoke biblical language that it's like there is evil and darkness in yeah. this world that are is so powerful and controlling the systems that govern our lives and that in some way seeing that is not only a i think i think there's this dual sort of perspective from the scientific to the spiritual where it's like we have a sort of set of evolutionary mechanisms and like this biological imperative driving us to continue to evolve on a more scientific kind of way of thinking about it. And then there's this spiritual evolution that's also pushing us again to evolve in a spiritual way. And that it's like, it's all trying to like get us back to like we're talking about, it's like, it's all pushing back towards the spiritual nature of our reality and this existence, the spiritual nature of us as Which creatures. Which makes sense because like it, it's, you know, I feel like um, we're no matter what path we're on, we're, there's, it, it's like we're a bowling ball going down like a bowling pin with like bumpers on the side. Like, it's always like, you know, you, you can never like really fall. I mean, Yes, there are. That's not true. There are people that really fall off, but you know, yeah. it's really always like that. There's, it's going to keep knocking you around until you get back <laughs> to God. And like it, whether or not it's going to, you know, whether or not you like finally open up to what's happening, it, God, the love, the light, it always finds a way to lead us back to that because we, we are spiritual beings living an earthly existence. We are spiritual beings living a human existence. And we are connected to a source of love and light and energy and spirituality, whether or not we accept that or not, whether or not we believe that, like it's true. And well, I believe it's true. People yeah. can believe what they don't want to believe. That's that's my personal belief. I believe it's true. And it's always, you know, that a source of energy is always guiding us back to that source of energy because we mm. it, it, to be connected to that source is to be connected to God is to be connected to your purpose on this here on this earth is to be connected to yourself because there is a piece of a there our souls are all connected to one source and therefore we're always tethered to that and it's always pulling mm. us back so and and it's every single human is doing the same thing so yeah. Um, you know, it's always going to lead us back there. And most people, you know, a lot of people don't waken up or realize what's happening or don't follow their heart or don't understand that like following your intuition is following God, mm. following your heart is following God because God speaks to us through our intuition, you know, like that we are connected that way. Mm -hmm. And therefore, if you do that, you are following God's path for you, your, your soul's path. And, um, you know, that's a powerful thing. It's a beautiful thing, but people, unfortunately, our society is so set up right now that it's, it really keeps people away from that, you know, mm. there, and you've seen it, we've seen it many times throughout history, whether it's like other religions keeping you away from that wars, famine, all sorts of stuff right now in our modern times, it's 
Um, I believe it's media. I believe it's, uh, you know, indoctrination into ways that we're living. Um, modern churches. I, I do think like a lot of modern religions actually take you further away from God than bring yeah. you closer to God. And, uh, you know, it's really, it's difficult to find that path. Like I was just talking to my mom about this last night, you know, what would the world be like if the majority of humans were born into a world where we understand spirituality, where we understand mm. reincarnation, where we understand karma, and we raise our children to understand that and live that way. And um, like, how, how would that really affect people if like you knew that your souls would have to answer for the things that you did in this lifetime and either have to pay for or be rewarded for it within the next ones. Like how would that shape the way people live? How would it shape the way people live if they knew that um, we are connected to one source? How would it shape the way people live if they knew that um, we do have souls that we reconnect with in every single lifetime, you know? And, and there really is no death in that way. And, <laughs> um, you know, like it, it, the, the physical world is, is not the real, uh, what, you know, our souls are just here for a short time and we're eternal. And, you know, like how, if people knew that and grew up with that, how would it change the way people live and change society? But we're not taught that we're taught the opposite of that. We're taught to not even like understand that you know modern religions have taken that out they christianity has taken away reincarnation and so is um you know so many other like your friend was talking about in um islam they've taken it away too judaism they've taken it away too and so like people follow these modern religions and we don't even know that sort of stuff but imagine if we did you know imagine how that would change the world how easily it would be to see the evil see the corruption because we know that there is a love and a light and a good and um yeah i just yeah, want and, and that's, know, that's like that that's how i live my life now that's how i see things and i i see the love i see the light and i i see the evil too you know, with, with good, there is evil, there is a balance. And yeah. right now our world is very imbalanced. Right. And yeah. so, um, yeah, whether you want to think of it as a devil or whatever, there's a source of corruption, there's a source of evil and there's no way around it. That's controlling the world. That's controlling those in power of the world. And there's no way around that because you can't see the things that they do. And understand you know not understand like they're evil you can't like <laughs> no yeah poison it's... like billions of people you can't drop bombs on hundreds of thousands of people you can't continue to like kill children you know or have policies that allow child sex trafficking and all this sort of stuff for you to like get rich off of it unless you're truly evil and um you know so we just got to fight back with the good you got to fight back with the love and the light and keep spreading the word, spreading the message. And I, I'm not Christian, you know, like I'm not Christian at all. Yeah, it's yeah. funny. Like I, um, I, I get along really well with Christians now. Like I get a, more than I ever did in the past. Um, <laughs> yeah. and it's like I, and I have a much, I have a very different perspective and respect for the bible than i ever did before because yeah, it's same. it's like oh if you think of it as more of like a historical text 
you know, historical depiction of what happened in the earth when people were much more spiritual at that time, right? We're not spiritual in the ways that people used to be. And so we don't see the world through that lens like they used to. But if you look Mm -hmm. at it as a spiritual text that's historical, it has a lot of value and it has a lot of really great information. So, um, yeah, it's it's an interesting world that we're living in right now. Interesting time. Yeah, I, I relate a lot and I know we'll we'll wrap up here because uh, I know you've got to go. Um, but yeah, it's I think as more and more people see how truly insane and crazy things are and corrupt and as we're talking about evil, like it could be no other explanation for just how truly, you know, just evil things are the way that they're they're set up and the things that are happening in this world it's like you get a hell of a lot more tolerant and interested in the people who are like trying to live their lives in a way that they're connected to spirituality whether it's through jesus and the bible and christianity or the christian god or whether it's through islam and allah and muhammad or whatever other religion it's like the fact that people are living their lives in a way at any level where they're trying to have a personal connection with God and understand that the reality that we live in is actually there. Whatever you think God is, something created this world, something created the universe, the energy. It's probably a multiverse. It's probably this existence that just goes on forever. Like it's like, god consciousness of some sort just experiencing itself in every possible way that people have like thought of forever and that science really is proving in a lot of ways it's like they they know what's up like it's like like you said it's like whether you believe that or not it's like what would the world look like if people did believe that right and so someone like the biologist brett weinstein talks about that how religious is uh, or religions and the idea of god it even if you don't believe in spirituality purely from a like a psychological perspective it is biologically evolutionarily advantageous to hold that belief which is mm-hmm. why people probably did because it made them cohere in society better because mm-hmm. they felt like someone's always watching and you have to act in ways that are pro-social rather than anti-social and so much of the things that are happening now are we're living in this society where there are so many deeply anti-social things happening that are sort of tearing society apart so it's like if if people live a life in any way that's more connected to this spiritual sense and connected to the higher powers that are in the realm of like the positive and the light and constructing our relationships personally first with that but then through people from that and then our community like it ripples out into our communities it ripples out into our world and you know that that quote by Nietzsche that god is dead is like the repercussions of the lack of that connection personally and throughout sort of society at every levels is like that's how the world gets to be 
what we're seeing now where there's just all this insane corrupt evil things happening and that it's through you know our personal connection with that and then talking about it and creating like you know our our reality based on that that's gonna it's going to change the world and that's what i think just like we're talking about more and more people are seeing the necessity of that and when times get dark we naturally we sort of like go seeking the opposite of what we're seeing and feeling and whatnot right? right so um but yeah uh we'll we'll end there i know you gotta go yeah, I, I would really really suggest that you read that book by dr um brian weiss because yeah. many lives, many many lives many masters i think you'll it's a quick read it's very um it's a it's a non-fiction but it's it reads like a novel and yeah um i think you would you know, you'll have to read it and then get back to me on what you think of it because uh it's very interesting and there's shares a lot of very interesting knowledge and insights into um, spirituality and the soul and our connection to God and reincarnation and all sorts of different things. So, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, the, and, I, and from I, a scientific, from a scientific doctoral standpoint of it. Yeah. Um, like when you told me about that before and, and bringing it up is making me think of it again. Like there was like another, like some dude who was like a fucking neuroscientist or something or a doctor, or I think he might've been like a, a brain surgeon or something actually. Mm -hmm. And he, he ended up dying, having a near death okay. experience yeah. and then coming back and being like, everything's changed. Everything yep. that he believed Everything. is totally different now. And I, I find it interesting because again, it's like, you can look at things from a purely psychological all the activities happening in the brain rather than happening on this other metaphysical level and whatnot but it's like there's there's just so many examples of people's personal experiences and the history of our species that point to this exactly what we're talking about like we're yeah. we're spiritual beings yeah. having a physical experience not the yep. other way around yep so exactly um yeah we'll we'll probably have to have a conversation again maybe after yeah you'll I have to have me on again i'll out. have you on mine next time yes yes yeah, for sure that um so uh i'll i'll put it in the notes i already have it but for anyone listening that wants to check your check out your podcast or where can they find you on social media yeah so you can find me on uh i'm pretty much only active on instagram and twitter at this point i'm at it's just saying it pod that's just saying a pod with no G at the end of saying. And um, yeah, I, I post new podcasts every other Wednesday or excuse me, every other Monday. And I knew, you know, I just will be, I think if I have four episodes out right now. And so thanks for having me on your show, Dan. Yeah, they're great. Like they're new awesome. to the scene, new to the, new to this realm of, um, putting myself out there on the internet like this like I've always been a really private person so this isn't something I've ever done or have like a lot of people you know start podcasts when they already have like experience doing like YouTube and stuff like that it's like that's not me like I'm yeah. like a complete 100% novice and like <laughs> I, all I know is I've got stuff to say and this is the best way I feel like I can say it so totally. um yeah well, I appreciate yeah, I I appreciate you sharing yourself and your your perspectives and your stories yeah. and using your voice to you know do what you think is the right thing to do to follow your you know your divine path and yeah. follow that 
you know, regardless if people think of it as a spiritual type of thing, everyone knows that they have a little voice inside of them that's telling them who they are and what they want to yep. do with their one and only precious life that we have. And that there are all these things that stop us from being able to do that, including a lot of it is these social pressures and stuff, or not being in a position like you or like me to feel like you're insulated, that you don't have to worry that saying what you actually believe to be true if people don't like that, that it's not going to lead to you getting fired from your job and right. losing your ability to take care of yourself. And so it's really important for people like you to use your voice to just, yeah, say what you actually yeah. believe to be true on your path to be true to yourself and connected to that voice inside of you, whatever it might be. And that it's, you know, like Marianne Williamson talks about that. It's like when you shine your light, you unconsciously and consciously, like you give other people permission to do the same themselves. So yeah. that the world needs Absolutely. more of that. So. Yeah. And that's what I've come to realize is like, I, once I finally, finally learned how to like fully love myself, I realized that like, damn, you know what? I feel like a bright fucking beam of sunshine. Like, that's what I feel like. Like, that's what my soul feels like. Yeah. And I have a lot of light, you know, I shine bright and it, it took me a while to like learn how to master that in a sense and like not allow people to like siphon it too. Um, yeah. cause that has happened a lot in my lifetime. Um, but yeah, it's like, this is just who I am. And I come to realize the power I hold by simply sharing my story. Like I don't mm. have to do anything other than like share my own story, share my own wisdom, share my own truth. And that has inevitably already led to people healing and finding their own paths and their own journeys and, um, you know, following their own hearts. And like already I've had several people that I know personally um, from, you know, other times in my life or reach out to me on uh, through social media and stuff like thanking me for starting the podcast and like saying, nice. you know, they love what I'm having to say and it's really inspired them in different ways. And so like, that's really beautiful and amazing. And like, that's what I'm here to do. You know, that's what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing. So mm -hmm. I'm just proud of myself for following that call and allowing it to unfold how it's supposed to and I don't know what's going to happen like I just that's what I say all the time like I don't know <laughs> I don't know what's next I don't know what's coming but I'm excited to see what it is and I'm along yeah. for the ride yeah well yeah. and that's how you find your people too you know we have all this social fears of losing the people that we have in our lives but it's by using your voice and telling what you think is actually the truth that you actually you know, you have those synchronicities when you listen yep. to that inner voice and people have been talking about that forever. And it's like, that's when you really find your people. And yep. so, yeah, thank you so much for, for being you, for using your voice, for coming on the podcast and talking to me. And I'm excited for new episodes, especially since you said in your, uh, your, your info that aliens something about aliens are coming up oh, yeah <laughs> aliens are coming <laughs> you ever listen to the so podcast funny. uh bledsoe said so bledsoe said so no yeah, check it out check it I'll out have to write that down Brian, um ryan bledsoe and a couple of his friends are in it and his dad 
that they've had his family has many encounters with uh um alien life forms i guess you could say and yeah. so his dad just released a book called ufo of god um oh, interesting somewhere around her anyways yeah check out the podcast <laughs> what's so so if you want to hear more about aliens but yeah i'll be talking about that some point in the future because it all interconnects it all interconnects it's with, so uh, yeah everything. well we've seen these like <laughs> these like declassified things about ufos and like that's one of the things that people are saying is like this is like one of the next things that are going to happen like the yeah. alien disclosure I, I a different understanding of like aliens and that sort of uh realm than what we've been told through mainstream information well but, i even i yeah. i saw the former uh minister of national defense in canada who brought mm -hmm. the separate like divisions of the canadian navy or, or armed forces like the navy and the air force and stuff he brought them together to be the canadian armed forces his name is paul hellier and i saw him years ago at a talk talking about sort of this financial control at the top of the systems with a lot of mm -hmm. the stuff we're talking about and he someone asked him about something and he straight up started talking about aliens and that we've reverse engineered alien technology and shit and this was like probably like 15 years ago at this point but oh. i was like whoa and like i read i got a book of his and read it and everything yeah. but yeah anyway super oh. uh super appreciate you coming on looking forward to yes. your podcast and chatting more and yeah Thank you so much, Dan. This was great. And yeah, you'll be on my, you'll be on my next. All right. My right guess. on. I'd love to. Cool. All right. Have a great day. Okay. You too. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Here we go. I'm just waiting for Missy to jump in the room. Missy is just making her breakfast smoothie right now before she jumps on. So I'm just waiting, just chilling, I'm excited. I also have had a bunch of coffee and sometimes it's hard to tell if the feelings I'm feeling are excitement or coffee provoked anxiety or nervousness. Here I go, drinking more coffee. <sighs> I'm interested to know what's in this smoothie. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Must be a fucking bomb-ass smoothie, man. Let's take a couple deep breaths. That helps with the coffee coursing through the veins. So I have to ask, first of all, like, yeah. what, you got to tell me what's in this smoothie. I'm like, you did your episode on, on like, <laughs> your health journey. So I know it's probably, like, good, yummy, healthy stuff, but I'm like, yeah. I'm just I'm just waiting. I'm like, I need to know what's in this smoothie. <laughs> so I'm actually doing uh here's my smoothie. Oh, nice, beautiful, yeah, beautiful uh, color. 
Oh, this cool. smoothie, it just has, it's really simple. It's just uh, blueberries, bananas, mango, uh, dragon fruit, and passion fruit and coconut water. And that's it. It's all blended up. And that's my, I had my lemon water <laughs> and celery juice already this morning. So <laughs> now I got my, he calls it the liver rescue smoothie. Oh yeah. It's pretty tasty. Yeah. Right on. Cool. Sounds yummy. All right. Well, you know, turn off the news and enjoy life and food. Nom, 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 nom. Okay. There we go. Finally. Holy fuck. Fucking techie shit, man. Okay. I'm back. I just changed my network. Can you hear me? Yep. All right. Well, hopefully that does it. I'm going to stop the recording here.